Behind Pairs New York City headquarters, I'm Adam Teeter. And sitting right here beside you, I'm Zach Jabal. And this is the Vine Pair Podcast. Sadly, we are not joined by Joanna today, um, but it's really nice to have you. It is a true pleasure, as always. And my first time in the new, not that new, but new to me studio. Yeah, not new at all, dude. Not but, new. you know. Sometimes, you know, it's just... <laughs> Hard to get from the West Coast to the East Coast. Yeah, sometimes you have another kid and then uh, life gets a little more complicated. You may may or may not learn down the road. Okay. But still, you're not the easiest to get over here from Seattle. No, and fair warning to listeners, I am doing this podcast on exactly 20 minutes of sleep. So, you know. The red eye was a ballsy move. Sometimes you just gotta you gotta swing for the fences, you know. Gotta gotta maximize your time here in New York. I always do it too, to be fair. I, I started in recently doing the red eye because i'm just like why would i waste like that day but it is not an easy flight and you're not great the next day but i almost feel like it's better than having sat on the plane and lost like eight hours exactly you know because to me it's not even just the flight time you know you you think about that part not to get too deep into our aviation podcast uh crossover i guess with cocktails um no i think it's just it's not even just the flight time. It's all the other shit, right? It's yep. the getting to the airport, getting from the airport to where you're staying, et cetera. It's like, yeah, it's a full day commitment. And if I can pack that into the overnight, you know, I'm used to dealing with very little sleep. So <laughs> so we're, we're rolling. So obviously uh, we have a very big thing to talk yeah. about that was on the site this week, uh, which is the announcement of our – annual Next Wave Awards, and you can check that package out on VineBear.com, but to remind everyone who is unaware of what the Next Wave Awards are, even though you are hopefully a regular listener to the podcast, so you should know by now, um, it recognizes spirits, wine, and beer professionals, bars, restaurants, etc., that have distinguished themselves in the past year for propelling the industry forward to a brighter, more equitable, and sustainable future. Um, this year's Next Wave Awards celebrate the people and organizations creating community in their spaces, innovating in their fields, and revolutionizing drinks culture as we know it. Uh, we are really thrilled with this year's stable of winners. Um, before, I mean, we're not going to name all of them, obviously, that would take the entire podcast, but uh, Zach, was there anyone on this list that really stood out to you, um, bef- you know, that, that was like that you had known about or that you were you know, that you were very impressed by. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really fun. You know, I want to add just a kind of an additional comment here, which uh-huh. I think a great thing about these awards is it does, to me, a really nice job of mixing some people who have been doing it for a while yep. and some some newer entrants into the field or people who have moved into different roles doing different things. And that, I think, can be a difficult line for awards like this to walk yep. because it can be too much of a lifetime achievement award in some cases where that's not there's nothing wrong with that but it that isn't i think at all the spirit of what we're talking about here and i think that, like what's really cool about that to me is you look at someone like neil Bodenheimer, right a, an icon in the industry but also someone who is still actively really pushing yep. the the art of cocktails bartending and and hospitality forward and you kind of, you know, you kind of like juxtapose that against something like Super Bueno, right? Like a much newer project, a much newer bar, which I'm hoping to go to on this you trip. Have to. Yeah. yeah, but it, but it's just like to me, that's like a great example of what the Next Wave Awards can do really well is show both people who have been doing the same kinds of things for a long time and at a really high level and really looking forward, and also. Like I said, newer entrants into the field. That's really cool. What I mean, obviously, you know, you've got your fingerprints all over this list. Like, what to you are the ones that you're like, you're, you know, like really like, man, I'm so excited to show this off to the world. Huh. Well, I mean, I think n- new to the uh, to the awards this year is one category 
uh, the industry icon category. And we have discussed, we basically discussed this category uh, for a few months before deciding to add it based on the fact that like every year that we go to think about what the best bar in the country is that year, we, we worried sometimes that like, not was that it wasn't not that it was limiting right to to be awarding a, a, a more more recently established bar but that we felt like there really isn't a lot of awards out there in our industry as a whole that recognize bars that have just fucking been there mm-hmm. and are still amazing i think that this industry is fully built on the idea of what have you done for me lately and i think that a lot of other publications i would say that I hope we are not as guilty of this, but I think especially especially in the food space, you're this all the time that like you're only covered if you're new and fresh. Mm-hmm. And so then there becomes this like or you're super fucking old, right? You're a hundred years old, fifty years old. And so there becomes this pressure for bar owners and restaurateurs uh, to rebrand to open a new spot in the same space where they held the lease. They signed a 10 year lease, but like they were relevant for three to four years. It's time for a new concept. And what I think is amazing about this year's industry icon, which is the long Island bar is it's its 10th year anniversary this year. Um, and we actually are the first publication or award to ever award this bar, which I think is absolutely insane. Um, this is a bar that is just iconic in the world of New York and U.S. drinking, owned by two incredible operators in uh, Joel and Toby. Toby obviously has been just spoken about on this podcast before as the inventor of the Cosmopolitan, but it is a place where just so many people in the industry would tell you if you ask them what their favorite bar is, it would be named. Um, and again, if that's not because it does really quirky, you know, weird drinks. That's not because... It plays with the decor and makes you feel like you're stepping into another world. That's not because, you know, it has spun out a ton of new modern classics. It's just because every drink you get there is solid. Every single person behind the stick at that bar is incredibly talented and probably worked at famous bars and are famous bartenders themselves and have chosen to work there. And because it is just the perfect bar. Yeah. When you sit down there, you want to have a drink. So that is one, one of the ones I wanted to call it. You've already talked about Super Bueno. I, I always get really excited about um, our emerging brand of the year because I think, you know, I hope it sheds a light or rising drinks brand of the year because I think it really – I hope it sheds a light to on them to people who pay attention to these things in the larger corporate world. You know, there's a lot of acquisitions happening, and I think what we're trying to say is this is a brand that's worth paying – you know worth you following and potentially buying. And that brand this year is Nomadica. Um, I've known Kristen for a, a while. I think that what she's doing is extremely impressive. I think for me, what she's doing with wine is the closest thing to making it cool uh, that you can get. <laughs> to, to be very honest, right? There's a lot of people, oh, wine's, oh, wine's fucked, you know. We're really, no one wants to drink wine anymore. And like, she's actually doing it well. And she's gotten lots of, very cool people in the industry involved. She has celebrities that are big fans of the of the brand. Um, I think her packaging is fucking awesome. Sorry to say fuck so much on this podcast, but it just it, I'm excited. Yeah, I was say he's excited, folks. Yeah, and you know, again, you want to say how can how can wine be more accessible? You know, I think that she is that brand, and why I think that she is that brand is like she's not 
just doing, you know, savvy savvy B and like shit rose in a can, you know, with an animal on it, you know, sourced from South America or something. She's doing really cool wines, working with really cool winemakers. She has an orange wine in a can. Yeah. And I think that that connects her to to our uh, you know wine team winner of the of the year field recording. Same thing, right? They found a way to make uh, a very accessible, uh, easily accessible, sorry, uh, easy to find uh, wine in, in orange wine and field recordings. And I think th- that's why they, they both won. Um, and then you know, gosh, I'm just gonna wine name everybody, which is crazy. Uh, one other one to to call out on the on the wine side is. Uh, Nathan Kendall. We've talked about him a bunch on the podcast, but I'm excited about him because, you know, I think, again, when we talk about American wine, there are the young winemakers that tend to get talked about in this country for the most part are in California. And if they are not, it is much more likely they are in either the state where you are from, Zach, or they are in Oregon. And this guy is, you know, his brother chose to go to Oregon, actually, and is a winemaker, but Nathan stayed. Uh, in the Finger Lakes, and he is proof that incredible wine can be made in this region. I think he is showing a lot of people that this region can become known for a great variety other than Riesling. He makes a really amazing Pinot Noir that's almost impossible to get at this point, and he also makes a very good Cab Franc. Um, Sadly, his Pinot Noir won't be at our party tonight because it is so hard to get. Um, That's it. I'm going back to Seattle. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I think you know. Again, he's just he's doing something really great, and he's building a community up there. And lots of psalms in New York City are really paying attention to him. You know, he obviously does a collaboration one with Pascaline Lapeltier, which is, you know, she is probably the most celebrated sommelier in the U.S. So I think again, just a, a, a true, uh, you know, a, a true leader in the industry who's really pushing us all forward and. Again, doing that outside of regions where he would have much more easily gotten press coverage. Yeah, and I think you know the, the last thing I want to say about the, the last thing I want to say about the awards. I think that's really interesting to me too. Is you know there's there's there are people and there are categories that are you know that someone thinking about drinks awards would think of right. You know sommelier, brewer, etc. But I think one thing that's really I love about what uh, we do with these is also like you know there's. An award for master blender. There's an award yeah. for you know sort of drinks professional. There's awards for um, you know people who are working in the industry and adjacent to the industry. You know educators, etc. That because they don't <clears throat> because they don't fit into a neat and tidy service oriented um, role necessarily mm-hmm. often get overlooked. And you know that's also really important because I think you know one thing that we've gone over so many times on the pod, but I think it needs to be reiterated, is that as we enter or continue down this path of sort of a more fractured and and dispersed drink landscape, Mm -hmm. it's important that, you know, we be celebrating and recognizing people whose kind of role in the industry may not be, may not fit neatly and tidily into more traditional job descriptions and titles, but are still, you know, extremely important sort of trailblazers, leaders, and visionaries in certain ways. And so, I mean, again, it's, we don't want to take the we, – we love to take the time to recognize everyone on the pod. But just go read the profiles, look at the names, recognize some of the incredible work that these people are doing. And, again, not, not only in the more kind of traditional categories mm-hmm. that we've talked about in some cases, but some of these more, you know, kind of 2023 resonant 
job titles and, and yep. fields that, that cross over some of these different categories and things like that. Yep. Now for something totally different. Exactly. It's a, it's, it's a chaotic – it's chaotic energy today. What can I tell you? So, Zach, I mean, you know, we – I mean, I don't know. We just we have another heavy hitter guest on I the know. pod today. I mean, we had a celebrity last week on Friday. We're bringing you another celebrity this week, uh, but different celebrity, right? Yeah. In the world of sports, uh, basketball. I mean, I will be honest. When the San Antonio Spurs had their just incredible run, I hated them. <laughs> like I absolutely hated them. Funny that you didn't mention this when our guest was. Why here. would I? Nah, I don't but know. I, you know, it was just like, come on, man, really. Can, can can my team win? Can the Knicks are horrible, but you know it was. But it was a thing to behold, and uh, one of those players on that team who was one of the three who were the big stars, they were the big three before there was a big three, right? Yeah. Was Tony Parker, uh, arguably one of the best point guards to ever play the game, uh, and French, and a wine lover, not just because he's French, but also. Because he played on probably the one team that is known for creating more wine lovers than any other team in the NBA. I know. Don't you? Coach. Don't you feel like you feel differently about the Spurs now, given their oh yeah role? Like I, I feel like as someone who was the fan of a now no longer existing team that was a somewhat rival of the Spurs at times, I also didn't care too much for them. But in retrospect, thinking about what they meant to the sport and what they meant to the kind of combination of wine and basketball, two things that I love dearly, it definitely has put that that period of time and I, I see it in a different light. I mean, wouldn't you? I mean, I, I would just love to have dinner and wine with oh my God. Tony Parker and Greg Popovich and just like listen to Pop talk about <sighs> basketball and wine. I might manage to shut up for an entire meal. <laughs> if that was a condition, I think I could do it. I don't know about Adam, but I could. I, uh, no, I could. It's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we are very lucky to have Tony Parker join us today in the studio and talk about a bunch of his new projects in France that he is involved in. Uh, we'll taste some wine. Sorry, Zach, you were in Seattle when this was recorded, so you did not get to taste the wines. Um, but please enjoy and let us know what you think. We're thrilled to have Tony Parker joining the Vine Pair Podcast today to talk all things wine. Tony, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Uh, so, you know, t- to start from the very beginning, everyone you know knows, I think, a lot of your background, but... You were on one of the greatest NBA teams of all time, and not just because of all of the championships you won, but I think really the Spurs, at least for me, were the beginning of people paying attention to wine in the NBA. You know, you played for probably the greatest coach of all time, um, probably the greatest collector of wine in the NBA of all time. Can you tell us a little bit about just that experience? And was I'm assuming that was not your first, you know, foray into wine i know obviously being french etc that you you know have we a start very early huh? yeah yeah <laughs> six, seven, <laughs> we start with a pinky you know what I mean? start a little bit work on your palate that's how that's how it works you know in france and so i started early and um when i was 17 um my, my girlfriend at the time um uh, her parents they were really big into wine okay and so they're the ones uh, that really introduced me to to good wine because I grew up with uh, not a lot of stuff. Obviously, we grew up with, with no money uh, mm-hmm. in my family, so we couldn't afford like stuff like that. Wine. We didn't go to right. vacation. We didn't go to like ski resorts and stuff like that. Like uh, we couldn't afford that. So it was at 17 that I really started to uh, like drink good ones. Uh-huh. And then when <laughs> I arrived at 19, uh, yeah, because you have the bad ones and uh, that hurts mm-hmm. the throat. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And everything. <laughs> yeah. So that's what you get when you have no money, you know. So, 
so uh, I was like, I don't like wine. <laughs> and so then I arrived in MBR 19, and and so I was able to to you know uh, uh, try good ones, and uh, and then I was lucky enough to have a coach who really liked wine. Uh, it was a great way for us to to bond and, and to connect. And um, every every trip uh, on the road, we will have a, a wine magazine, you know, in the plane. And so we we'll always, like, share, you know, thoughts and stuff like that. Wow. <laughs> and then it was at the beginning when the U.S., you know, it was back then, you know, in 01, where the U.S. It was really starting to really get into, like, wine and, mm. and good um, good food, good restaurant. Uh, I always remember in 01, there was, like, like, not shipping the cheese and stuff like that. You ate pasteurized cheese you know it's like mm. the fake ones you yeah know? that's like really bad and um, and so for me it was like you you, you didn't eat well in the u.s uh, a long time for me at the beginning and then and a lot of french chef came you know to the u.s and mm. they all wanted to grow you know uh, bocuse uh, for all of them they all wanted to to become international yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and so all the best chef came to the u.s and now it's unbelievable. Like in the last twenty years, now you can eat everywhere very, very well in mm-hmm. the U.S. You have great restaurants, you know, in the U.S. And they did a great job, even in competition, chef competitions. You know, the U.S. They're always performing well now, and so it's nice to see the way that they grow. Especially at the beginning when I arrived in the NBA, it was more like hip hop. You know, uh, sure. it was more like hard alcohol, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, whiskey, tequila. It was more like hard alcohol, uh, and then. The last, I don't know, five six years, I can see the difference. You know, in NBA it started with the the clothes. You yeah. know, they put the rule that there was yeah. no more like uh, uh, baggy jeans or big jerseys. You know, everybody had to wear the suit, and and I don't know. I feel like it created an image, you know, for for the NBA, and now everybody loves it. Now, now it's like a fashion show now in the NBA mm-hmm. when you arrive to a game, and uh, and the and the wine came with that. You know, now you can see guys like D Wade or or Steph Curry or Carmelo. Everybody got. They own uh, they all wine have a, they thing. They all have a label yeah, now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say everybody, but but I mean, like a lot, a yeah. lot of them. You like know, the president of the Players Association has his own label. I mean, everybody. Exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and I can see even in the stories on on Instagram, you yeah. know, they're very proud. Uh, like LeBron <coughs> saying, "Oh, I drink this year or this year," and so it's pretty cool. Me as a French guy who grew up with it to see the evolution, you know, in the NBA and then the US. And so uh, I always wanted to to invest, you know, in wine. Yeah. But I didn't want to do it uh, while I was playing because it takes a lot of time, you know. And I wanted to, sure. if I do something, to be involved. And so uh, I started with dinners. Uh, I will do a dinner at my house in San Antonio. Oh, nice. I will invite Pop, and I will <laughs> invite a castle or or a champagne, and we'll do a nice dinner. I'll bring great uh, vintages, and then the next day we'll invite to a Spurs game. And that's how I started, you know, build relationship oh, with all okay. those families. In the summer, I will go see them because I have to work on my allocation, you know, make sure yeah, I get yeah. all the good bottles. <laughs> because yeah. I only buy if it's from the castle, you know, like I'm sure it's original, you know, from the castle. Because, uh, you know, a lot of people, they try yeah, to, totally. mm-hmm. So I always buy from the castle. So I always go see them. And uh, over the years, I built great relationship with all the, the great families, you know, in Bordeaux or mm-hmm. in Champagne or Bourgogne. And so um, when I retired, you know, I wanted to do something, but it's hard to invest in, in wine, especially mm-hmm. the good ones. I'm yes, talking about yes, the, yes. the good mm-hmm. ones because you either have, uh, I don't know, LVMH or Pernod yeah. Ricard, the big <coughs> companies who's buying them, or it stays in the family for generation after generation. So I was very lucky to meet Monsieur Rebier. Uh, Monsieur Rebier is the owner of uh, La Mascarone and Jeeper, what we're trying right now. And uh, after a year of talks, uh, he gave me an opportunity you know, to be an ambassador and invest and being involved on, on the daily uh, process. 
Rinas Rose. Is sorry, I talked a lot. I'm sure I answered no, to fine. half of your no. questions. But sorry, <laughs> I was I was into it. You told me how did it started. So let's go. So, can you remember? Is there like one wine you had early on that just for you was like holy shit, this is amazing? And uh, no, not really. No, not really. I don't have really have uh, one in mind. I, I just remember. I just remember like like that. I like it. That yeah. I enjoy it. That it it relaxes me. You know, after games and. Uh, it puts me in a, like a meditation mode, you know, and enjoying <laughs> enjoying life, you know, especially with all the pressure that we have, you know, yeah. to perform at the highest level all the time. It was just great, a uh, great way for me to to escape. And and do you collect wine? Yes, you do. Fa, I collect. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've uh, read no, that no, you d- you drink it. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, so I don't. I, don't uh, I collect because I try. Uh, let's let's put it like this. I try to collect. But I always end up, I, I always end up drinking it. You okay. know, I always end up drinking it. I was like, my kids, they'll have plenty of money. They don't have to worry yeah, about the wine stuff. I, I don't have to worry about leaving them great bottles. I'm like, sorry, oopsie. They'll see all the empty bottles. So are you still living in San Antonio now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And are I'm you still 50-50. That and 50-50. Yeah, I feel like I have the best of both worlds. You know, mm, I, yeah. I always grew up with both cultures. You know, uh, uh, my dad is American and my mom is from the Netherlands mm-hmm. and uh, I'm born in Belgium, but I grew up in France. Mm-hmm. So go figure. Uh, um, but I feel like spending time in the U.S. and spending time in France is like the perfect middle for me. Happy yeah. middle. You mentioned that you wanted to be involved in the process, and that's why you waited until you were retired. What has that looked like for you? But because because I'm French, uh, I knew the the credibility and, and people the way they're gonna look at it. I wanted to make sure that I do something good and mm-hmm. I'm gonna spend time and go see them. So that's why since I started the the process and invest in those vineyards, you know, I went to the harvest. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. I went to the you know the famous uh, harvest lunch. You know when they're done, you know with the harvest, they have a famous mm-hmm. lunch. Yeah. You know with all the employees. Um, so I did that. Uh, I went to les primeurs. You know it's a big event uh, for Bordeaux mm-hmm. uh, in April. It's crazy. It's the only it's the only job, uh, I think it's the only business where everybody around the world, U.S., China, they all come to that one place yeah. in Bordeaux to go try the wines and, and buy. It's crazy when you think about it. I mm-hmm. think it's the only business that I know of that everybody goes to Global. them. Yeah, goes yeah. to them in Bordeaux. And <laughs> so for that whole week in April, you have everybody coming. It's, mm-hmm. it's like crazy. And um, to come back to the process, yeah, I like to. I like. Oh, you know, my favorite is when uh, we have all the parcels, you know, mm-hmm. and you're with the director, and we try, you know, all of them, and you do all the mix, you know, like when you try to make the wine, yeah. basically, and you try everything. But I'm a, I'm a rookie, huh? so after mm-hmm. trying, I don't know, ten, fifteen parcels, I can feel nothing. <laughs> <laughs> And they like the specials, like, oh, yeah, this one is more wood, more leg. And I'm like, I'm drinking. I can feel nothing. <laughs> I'm like, so I still have <laughs> a lot of practice to do. Mm-hmm. But at least I was in a room and I can see yeah. the whole process of start how, how they make it. Exactly. Yeah, awesome. start somewhere. You know, it's really interesting. Oh, I to forgot me. you were here. Yeah. I forgot. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Sorry, that's surprise. Right. That's, that's what you uh, get for not being here. So, yeah. That's what you get. <laughs> I know. Uh, so I'm, it's really interesting to me because uh, one of the two uh, properties that you mentioned, uh, La Mascaron, is uh, a rosé house. Every time I went to vacation, uh, I always drink rosé. So mm-hmm. it started in 06 mm-hmm. uh, when uh, Brad Pitt, you know, uh, bought Miraval yeah. uh, with Angelina. Mm-hmm. Um, they um, did a connection with La Famille Perrin. And, uh, and so... In vacation, me and my brothers, we were tired of drinking like champagne all the time, and we oh yeah, I just got we, tired. We, we just got tired of it. <laughs> you know? I mean, we wanted to try something else. You know? 
And so rosé, we was like, oh, let's try rosé. And, and we loved it. You know, like, <laughs> like we love rosé. And uh, when you look at the evolution of rosé and the way that it, it grew year after year and, and uh, the way that it exploded in the U.S., uh, it was pretty impressive. And so, um, but the, the, the rosé story, it, it starts like, like uh, you have to give a lot of credit, you know, to, to Brad on, on that one. Mm-hmm. Huh. So you, you really think that he so early really helped push it catalyzed it yes. mm-hmm. interesting yeah. interesting mm-hmm. I mean because yeah, now I mean now there's and that's why that, that's what made yeah. me want to invest in La Mascarone because Brad ah. Brad bought uh, uh, Miraval from Tom Bove who was the American owner mm-hmm. and Tom Bove used to own La Mascarone oh, wow. so we oh. knew that La Mascarone was a like a sleeping beauty because <laughs> it was like like Tom Bove <coughs> took care of both uh, vineyards mm-hmm. And then he decided to sell uh, La Mascaron, so we knew that the quality uh, that it was going to be there. Wow. And so how long now have you been involved? Two years. Two years. With Rosé, yeah, two years. Two years. And the champagne was? Champagne, two years, two too. Two years, too. Champagne, two years, yeah. Mm-hmm. And what what have been some things that have surprised you about this industry since you've been? I mean, obviously, you've been yeah, a drinker. To be, to be honest, nothing. nothing really? Cause, no, because I've been around it you yeah. know, for so long and mm. uh, meeting all the, those great people uh, over the years, built some great relationships. So it's nothing that really surprised me. Um, it's just I'm just happy to be involved now in the whole process. Uh, mm. I'll put it more like that. Not surprised, yeah. just happy to be like, okay, now I'm in the room and we're making the Mascarone 2024. You know, that's, that's what I like. So uh, do you... Are these going to become official wines of the Spurs? <laughs> I'm going to try. I'm going to try. <laughs> I know Pop loves it. He asked me if he can invest it, like he loves it. That's amazing. But uh, like right now, we're focusing on, on trying to make a, a good product. You know, it's all about the product and make sure that it's like premium because Monsieur Rebier, his group, you know, mm-hmm. is all about making great wines. Uh, he's the owner of uh, Cos des Tournelles. You know, Cos des Tournelles mm-hmm. is yeah, a Bordeaux, yeah. is one of the best red wine uh, in the world. And so with the rosé and the champagne, we want to try to keep that quality because that's what he does. Wow. So what you're trying to bring these wines to the U.S. market. Yes. And what is that, you know, how involved in that are you? Well, a lot. You know, uh, I, I, go do, uh, I go on tours. Wow. <laughs> Not for music, but for wine. You know? <laughs> I, go on, I go on tours and I go to different cities and different restaurants. So I did a tour last year in New York. Mm-hmm. I did Miami, L.A. And this year I'm going to do all three again. Uh, we go to those markets uh, yeah. to start. And uh, oh, and, and Texas too, sorry. And Texas, yeah, obviously. Course, yeah, 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 Texas, yeah. obviously. <laughs> I didn't even say Texas because it's like logical. <laughs> I start there. <laughs> What's that been like for you in terms of <coughs> selling wine uh but for me, it's easy. You know, it's not really working. Uh, like, uh, like you know, when you're passionate, you know, yeah, I feel yeah. like I'm, I'm not working. You know, all I do is talking with uh, great people and drinking great wine, and you know, so it's just fun. Yeah, especially when the product is good, uh, don't have to do anything. You know, right. when the product is good, it, it will work by itself. You know, word of mouth and stuff like that. So I don't really worry. I already did plenty of um, tasting. You know, with the, all the yeah, best yeah. chefs in France, and once uh, you have their approval, the the rest it, it, it will come. I mean, you pretty much have the best second career you could have after being in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, it's been fun. It's been fun. You know, uh, I didn't feel like I was working in my first life, so I'll try to do the same in my second life. <laughs> Tony, I have to ask a question. Did you and Mono Ginobili ever get into arguments over wine? He being an Argentinian, and I assume 
proud, rather proud of his country's <laughs> wines as well. No, <laughs> no, never. Because me, I, I'm very curious. I, I love to to try different wines. You know, uh, it's not because I have uh, my own ones that I only drink that. You know, I love to drink everybody's wines. Mm -hmm. I love to drink different countries. In Argentina, they make great wine. And so there's no arguments there. Uh, <laughs> I love to, to drink uh, the wine of his country. Wow. So yeah, you're an equal opportunity drinker of wines. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. For sure. And, uh, you know, like, you, like obviously, yes, you promote yours you know, yeah, and yeah. stuff <laughs> like that. But uh, I don't want to drink only uh, mine. You know, uh, like uh, it's, it's great people that make great wines. And I think you can always uh, learn, too, from uh, other wines, you know, and other people. Uh, you have great minds, great knowledge, you know, around wine mm -hmm. uh, in everywhere that I go. So it's pretty cool, you know, to share. Are there any regions outside of France that you're particularly passionate about or you uh, drink a I lot love of wine from? Spain. Spain are really good. Uh, Italy are really good. Uh, Argentina is not bad. Uh, um, actually, the U.S. is really getting better and better. Um, I feel like it's a lot better now. All the California wines and the and the Pinots from Oregon, yeah. you know, they're really getting better and better. And uh, I need to go there. I, I still didn't do the, um, you know, the an, an LA trip where you go like you do in France. You know, you stop in every yeah. uh, vineyard. I still didn't do it. What about Texas Hill Country? Have, yeah. you, have you thought about it? <laughs> yeah. No, no, it, it, it's, yeah, getting, right. it's getting better. Yeah. It's getting better, but. Uh, they still have a long way to a go. A long way to go. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to be politically correct. I like it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, is, it is where you live. But, no, I think it's it, those regions are cool because they are up and coming. But, yeah, yeah. Not, not the same. Not no. the same. No, no, no. <laughs> so these are the wines we're focusing on today. But you, you're invested in another... Mm -hmm. estate right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah right right now yes yes um so right now we're focusing on la mascarone and jeeper but mm -hmm. uh, i invested too in a castle called saint laurent mm -hmm. so everybody knows that name because of the the brand uh, the clothing brand uh but not related huh not related right no not okay, related yeah, yeah. at all at all <coughs> uh and so um right now we're focusing on the product and, and make sure that uh, we work on something that uh, people will be proud of uh, so that's why I don't really promote it, but mm -hmm. uh, but coming. it did. But it did came out that, that it's oh, coming. It yeah, 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 it came out a couple articles. Uh, a couple articles. Uh, they, I don't know. They do their homework. I don't know yeah. how they found out <laughs> that I bought the castle, but they know. So I was. Uh, <laughs> yes. So the, yeah, it's the coming. news is out. It's coming. The yeah, the out. news is out. It's coming. But the it's wine's coming. not out yet. No, okay. no, no, no. Next year. Mm -hmm. So next year. for the champagne, we have a blanc de blanc. What do you have a preference when it comes to champagne? Which Sort of style is your favorite? Blanc de Blanc. Mine too. Yeah. See, I knew. <laughs> For me, Blanc de Blanc, get, Blanc de Blanc is my favorite. Thank you. It's the best. And uh, I like uh, Blanc de Noir. It's not bad too. And Rosé, like, like, it's pretty good. But at the end of the day, if I had to choose a go-to, I'd go with the Blanc de Blanc. This is really nice. Thank I really you. like it. There you go. Wow. And mm. so in terms of, you know, your goals for, for these wines, where do you, you want to see them in the next... <laughs> You know, decade. for me, for me, it's like I want to see them in the best restaurants. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. we're going for premium, so you want to have great relationships with the chefs, and uh, and make sure we're in great restaurants. And uh, and I just want people to uh, say that when they drink our wine, they're gonna have a great time. And uh, and um, yeah, saying that they're one of the best. You know, it's hard to be it'd be too uh, like cocky to say oh, I want to make the best wine or the best champagne. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I just want to when people try, they say, oh yeah, it's one of the best. You know. How how much do you want to be associated with them? 
So like when someone uh, drinks, like, oh, you know, this is Tony Parker's wine. Yeah, right. yeah, it's fine. It's fine if they say that. You know, uh, I'm very involved anyway. Yeah, you know, yeah. And so I have no problem with that, even if uh, it's a whole team behind it. You know, it's like basketball. It's teamwork, and yeah, yeah. everybody play their role, and everybody is important uh, in the in the company and in the, on the making of those great bottles. And so... Um, I, I, I will. Yeah, I don't mind if people say that, but uh, it's a whole team. Cool. Mm-hmm. Tony, I have one one more sort of tangentially basketball related question for you. When you uh, either found out you were going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, or after the ceremony, was there like a specific bottle you wanted to celebrate with, or maybe even after one of your titles? Question, Zach. Right? This is why we were quiet for you. Congratulations! So, so, are we, by are the we way. keeping him? We keeping? Yeah, we keep him. No, not really. Uh, wow! <laughs> I, I didn't. I, 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 uh, people, people ask me that. Like really? all my friends, they were like, "Oh, what you gonna open? You know, for the Hall of Fame?" And I didn't really have a like a, any thoughts about that. You know, I really? Was, yeah, I was like, uh, I'll go in my wine cellar and pick some stuff out. But I, di- I, I, I didn't have like, a, oh, I want this one. You know, for mm-hmm. for the Hall of Fame. No, Mm-mm. I picked a, a bunch of them because I figure I'm not gonna drink just one bottle. So no, you no, didn't. No. I was like, <laughs> so what did, you, what did you pick? Um, uh, if, if for me it was a, a bunch of Bordeaux, bunch of Bordeaux, yeah. Because if I have to choose, like sometimes you know, journalists they will ask you, okay, if you go to an island and you can yeah, only yeah. take one <laughs> bottle, what will you take? You know, and so I would say a bottle, bottle of Bordeaux. Really? Yeah, uh, I love Bourgogne is great, and all the other countries that we yeah. mentioned uh, earlier. But if I had to choose one, I would go with Bordeaux. What would you eat with it? Oh, uh, mm-hmm. hmm, that's a good question. Mm. Hmm. I don't know. I love food, <laughs> and, and, and you know what? <laughs> if I had to choose, I would go with cheese. Mm. Uh, I would Which go with, with a plate of cheese. Uh, Conte, Conte, Conte. Oh, Thirty-six months. You know the the old one with <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. they have the pizza, the piece of salt in it. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. the best. Crunchy. And Thirty-six months. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the best. This is you know, but not the fake one. Uh, not the pasteurized one. You know? No, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. us Americans and our fake cheese. We really do have fake cheese. Do people? You have so many fake cheese, but I feel like I, I'm so sorry. No, no, no. I, I figure like not everybody. It's expensive though. So like if you go to market because yeah. they have to ship it and stuff like that. So. Yeah. yeah. Do, sorry. Pe- do people gift you wine? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they know that I love wine. Mm-hmm. So no, no, I don't mind. I'm, I always me. I, I love to discover different wines. Like small houses, mm-hmm. different countries. So people, if they offer me wine, they'll offer me uh, like uh, like that. I can discover something. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to be like uh, Petrus or Angelus right. or, or Cheval Blanc. It's not, not going to be that. It's going to be like something that I can discover, and that for the price is like really good. Good you value. Know? Yeah, good value. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Do you have yeah. a, a, like a retailer that you that's a go to for you where you go to buy wine or no? If I go, if I buy wine, then like I told you earlier, I'm, I'm calling the castle. The castle. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't go to retail and stuff like that. Wow. I call the castle. Then I ask if I can have an allocation like that every year. You know, they call me. Do you want your six or twelve or yeah, eighteen yeah, bottles? Yeah, yeah. And then I'm on the list, and and then I confirm every year. Yes, please. Then it goes straight to my house. So seller in your house. <clears throat> I have a seller in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Where you can put two thousand bottles, wow. and then I have a cellar in France where you can put like fifteen hundred bottles. Is, are they filled? No, because no. I drink a lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're not filled. And 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 see, and I'm the one who drink the the less in my group. So imagine what they do, my friends. You know, they ah. they they're not, they're not athletes, so they drink way more than me. So you have a whole group that you get together with. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, that's but fun. because for me, wine is all about sharing. Yeah, you know? totally. so, It's about sharing and enjoying the moment and. 
And so that's how I view wine is to share with my friends. I, I don't, I never, ever take a bottle of drink by myself. Like never. Do you get? I, to- it will always be with somebody. Yeah. Do you get together with any of the, the other players that are very well known? Do you guys? Is there like any of that sort of? You know, mm. trying to one up each other in terms of what mm, someone no. has or no, Mm-mm. no, Mm-mm. No. <laughs> no, sorry, sorry, Mm-mm. no. I love it. You mentioned that when you first started in the NBA, that spirits were really big. Or do you like spirits at all? You're just a straight wine person. No, no, I, uh, I like like spirits. Yeah, I like. Um, if I had to choose, I will go with uh, vodka. If I had to choose, okay. If I'm a night out and I want to drink something uh, hard. Mm-hmm. If I want to drink uh, something uh, easier, I will go with the Saint Germain Spritz. Oh, okay. yeah, it's very—it's actually very popular now. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, most of yeah. Europe. Saint Germain is like my favorite drink, especially in the summer because it's so fresh. You yeah. know, oh, yeah. it's like a little liquor. It's mm-hmm. like super nice. Mm-hmm. That's really nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so NBA question for you: mm-hmm. Who do you think is going to win the NBA championship this year? This year? Yeah. Ooh, it's going to be tough this year. Uh, it's a lot of good teams, a lot of great teams. I think it's going to be tough for Denver to go back to back. Even if Denver has a great team too, it's going to be very interesting. And I think it's going to come down to who's healthy, uh, who's got their guys. You know, because mm-hmm. like people say, all oh, the Lakers, they're going to be good, but uh, LeBron has to stay healthy, and yeah, he's yeah. almost forty. Yeah. And AD uh, Anthony Davis, you know, is always hurt. So yeah. it, it's going to be like who's healthy, who's got their their main guys. Uh, like last year, you know, Miami made it to the finals, but Giannis, you know, missed the first three games of the playoffs, so they lost that series, you know, yeah, they were yeah. number one uh, seed, so it's always tough, so I think it's going to come down to health. Health. What about my New York Knicks? <laughs> They're improving, huh? Yeah. They're improving. <clears throat> They're improving. They're doing better. Last year, they made the playoffs, and uh, I went to the Liberty game yesterday. Oh. Yeah, it was good, yeah. yeah. Because, you know, I own a, a women's basketball team. No, we didn't. You didn't know? No. Uh, on the women's basketball team. It's been seven years now. And uh, we won the championship last year in France, and we won the European Cup. Oh, wow. And so some of my players, they're, they're in the WNBA finals oh, right now. Oh, that's so super cool. I went cool. to support them. So, that's very so cool. So congrats to New York. You're in the finals this year. So it's <laughs> good. Yeah, very He's cool. like, I don't follow women's basketball. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, look at me like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> don't, uh, <laughs> no, I don't want to kill you with women. My bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. My bad. My bad. My bad, but you should know that you yeah. have a New York team in the finals. You know, I did. You, you know should, that? You did should, you know that, Joanna? I'm, yeah, you should go nope. to the game. Didn't know that. Yeah, we should. Game is fun. We should go to a game. Yeah, we should go. It, to it a was game. at the Barclays Center. Eighteen thousand people. It's right by it where packed. we both live. <laughs> yeah, it was packed. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, we should go. Mm-hmm. You should support women's sport. Yeah, yeah. You should. My we cousin. Need, we need to more, be fair, I, I'm not a big people. sports person in general. Come on, Joanna. You can just go and take your wine and enjoy. you know? But you know, you know, it's not about just sport. You know, it's a whole energy yeah. atmosphere. Yeah. It's a lot of stuff happening. You know, during the game. Yeah. You had a Lil, Lil Kim uh, halftime show. It was really? Cool. Oh, cool. Back in the day, you know. Yeah. She yeah. did yeah. a good show. <laughs> I mean, she, I was like, now yeah. she's from my generation. Yeah. So yeah. I was I like, love Lil like, Kim. Like, <laughs> it, it was it was a great show at halftime. You know. <laughs> it's not just sport. You know. No, because yeah. I understand people. You know, some people don't like sport. Well, actually, Barclays has has really invested. They have the. Um, the club inside the arena for like if you if you're yes. courtside it's like really what high end what is it called, <sighs> oh, is it called? but it like has a crazy wine crazy program, wine right? list i think uh carbone does all the food did you go did you go no i didn't go oh, okay. uh yeah people pop insane bottles during the games mm-hmm. and then leave them out on their tables and come back i've heard i've heard crazy story what's it called is it called the crown club crown club it's called the crown, crown club. club yeah so you should go then i don't have do courtside seats you should do a podcast over there <laughs> 
That's amazing. Yeah. Tony, thank you so much. This yes. has been thank you. Fun. Thank Thanks you. for having me. Thank you. Really, I mean, Thanks for wines. sharing. Thanks for sharing the wine. I hope you enjoy it with your friends. Yes. Oh, they're delicious. They're absolutely delicious. Yeah, these are wonderful. Until we can find them in New York. Mm-hmm. Miami, LA, yeah, New York, Miami, LA, and Texas. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm sure my PR people will give you all the good stuff, <laughs> and uh, I'll tell them, you know, to help you out, you know, to go to the Crown Club. Yeah, let them know. <laughs> yeah, she's like, yeah, Tony said we can get it. Yeah, I love it. Tony sent us. Yeah, Tony sent us. You're like, okay. Well, are Thank you a billionaire? You. Thank you. Thank you. Oh man, what a just fun! Even if Tony did give me some shit, he did give you shit. It's I gotta say, it was weird to get shit on the pod from someone besides you, Adam. But you know, if anyone's gonna do it, I guess a Hall of Fame basketball player. The whole time it was happening, Joanne and I were just sitting there like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, because he's just like, "Oh, Zach, I forgot you were there." Very few of our listeners forget I'm here, but uh, you know it's different when I'm uh, when I'm not in this. When it, I'm, you know, I will say when you're being interviewed, yeah, and you're looking at two people, and then all of a sudden someone pipes in on your ears. <laughs> it, it's true. It, it is kind of. I could tell the first time it happened to me. He was like, "Oh, that's right. There's another person." Like yeah. it's a little bit like, "Oh shit." Um, but oh yeah, I thought he was just he was awesome. Also, you know, came in with no people, just a, a regular dude. Um, you know, very comfortable, and his wines were very good. Yeah, no, I can, I can only imagine. I think he's. It seems like he's really done a, a savvy thing in terms of who he partners with, yeah. and you know, looking to kind of further develop his own role in the world of wine. And you know, I think uh, as we discussed in the episode, and and as I think we've seen, like there is a lot of space for this kind of, you know, uh, working relationship role for people like Tony who have a certain cachet in one. Uh, audience to kind of bring their passion, their love for wine, and marry those two things. Yeah. Well, I mean, so let us know what you think. Has a podcast at vinepair.com. And look, I promise we're not going to make interviews a thing on Fridays, but don't tell me that you would not take an opportunity to have interviewed Issa Rae and Tony Park. I was going to say. Because you would have. I can say, you know, PR people listening, you got celebs to pitch us, you know, we'll listen. Maybe, but they got to come in the studio. If but, not, I'm not do- we're not doing Zoom. That's true. Uh, and Zach, I'll see you on Monday. Sounds great. Thanks so much for listening to the Vine Pair Podcast, the flagship podcast of the Vine Pair Podcast Network. If you love listening to this show, or even if you don't, but I really hope that you do, as much as we really do love making it, then please drop us a review or a rating wherever it is that you get your podcast, whether that be iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere. If you are listening to this on a device right now through an app, However you got this audio, please drop a review. It really helps everyone else discover the show. And now for some totally awesome credits. So the Vine Pair podcast is recorded in our New York City headquarters and in Seattle, Washington in Zach Jabal's basement. It is recorded by Zach, mastered and produced by Zach. He loves all the credit. Keep giving it to him. Drop his name in the reviews. He's going to love hearing how much you love him. It is also recorded in New York City by our tastings director, Keith Beavers, who is the managing director of the entire Vine Pair Podcast Network. I'd also love to give a shout out to our editor-in-chief, Joanna Sherino, who joins us on every single podcast as our third and most important host. Thank you as well to the entire Vine Pair staff and everyone who's been involved in making Vine Pair as special as it's become. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week.